left my family. I left my kids. I left my nightclubs, my parking company, $35 million to fight the fight. And both families, Gambino and the Bonanno family, Joe Messina, the boss of the Bonanno family, I helped him against the guys who were ratting against him. He turned state evidence into worldwide. His underboss, Sal Vitale, came in and he ratted. The captain, Frankie Copa, he ratted. And alongside them, there was other guys in their family that ratted. Along with my family, the boss, John Gotti Jr., he ratted. Ronnie Warnham, you have the opening statement. He ratted. He said that I would kill him if he wasn't nice to me. After I tried to help him beat the case. Mikey Scars, DeLonardo, John Gotti Jr.'s right-hand man. He ratted. Greg De Palma, another one of John Guy's made guys. He ratted. Fat Dom, another one of his made guys. He ratted. Mikey Scars had Joe, little Joey D'Angelo and John Jr. had him rat because they turned on him. He had nowhere to go. Another guy, Mikey Scars' brother, well, they, they buried him. So he had a flip. He had to come in. And I won't use the word rat for these guys because these guys were left in no man's land by all the captains, made guys, giving these guys up one at a time. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mafia Truths with John A. Light. I'm Felix Sabine, and to my right, John A. Light. A quick reminder before we get into it, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Like this video, leave a comment if you have something good to say. And also a, another quick reminder to subscribe to our Patreon channel. There you'll get every all the content early, exclusive content, the ability to ask John personalized Q&As, and our bats that we've been selling, signed, custom-signed bats by John all the Patreon members get a discount if you're interested. So if you're a Patreon member and you want to get one of those bats, hit me up at Felix.Levine. If you're a regular person and you also just want to get a bat as well, hit me up at Felix.Levine on Instagram. We also want to give a big shout out to Tommy Tickets. If you need tickets, call 516-588-TIXX or 8499. They will beat any checkout price you see anywhere, any event, any venue, any state. Call Ticket Time. 516-588-8499, Tommy Tickets. Go check them out today. We also want to give a big shout-out to KCL Automotive. John will talk to you about them, and I'll give you the phone number at the end. 98 Henry Street, East Stroudsburg, PA. Uh, any car needs you need inspections, tires, uh, body work, uh, mechanical work, buy here, pay here. If you don't have credit, use cars, uh, anything you need, ask for Steve. Ask for Dave or ask for Chris at the front desk. And 10% uh, off if you mention myself and the show or Felix. That phone number is 570-534-8497, 570-534-8497. All right, let's get into it. Uh, on one of the previous episodes, we talked about uh, a very fascinating sting in New York. So if you haven't watched that episode, go check that out. I, I personally love that story. Today, you you're involved in another sting uh, in Florida. Florida was uh, in Tampa, but I moved around Florida everywhere. I had a parking company that got involved in uh, clubs in Lauderdale and Boca and uh, guy Steve Kaplan at old the Gold Club in uh, in uh, New York City years ago opened up a club also in Boca that I used to park for him too. 
So I was all over Florida, and it was a, a prosecutor, McCormick, big baseball guy, loved baseball, and him and another prosecutor in Tampa put a sting operation together, obviously, to try to hit me with a RICO case. And uh, my partner, Terry Scaglione, whose grandfather was a made guy, also involved with the Traficani family, uh, Santos Traficani, and my partner, Marco, that owned the glass shops with me, and I'm always in Florida with him, even till today. I, I got some pictures, we'll put them up, of uh, Santos, the, the boss, with uh, Marco and uh, Marco Zoni, who's, a, like I said, a very good friend of mine and a partner. So while I'm in Florida, there's a lot of pressure on me on a, a regular basis, a lot of surveillance because of the people I'm involved with in New York, which is Gotti and Fat Andy Ruggiano. And then on the Florida side, there was Tropicani that was uh, not involved with me personally, but uh, my partners uh, are involved with the Tropicani family, and, and Terry Scaglione is one of my partners involved in the parking uh, valet company called A1A of Tampa, and then A&S of Tampa, and then later on it became Prestige Valet. So when I have the company, uh, I have lots all over in six, seven states, but Tampa is my home base. And I get a message from one of my valet kids, and he says, uh, there's another company coming around, and they're handing out business cards saying, leave my company and come work for us, and you'll make more money. So that starts it. And my partner goes crazy. He calls me up, Terry, and he says, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to infiltrate into our parking company. And at the time, we had some huge accounts at the dollhouse, and we had uh, Bayshore Drive, and we had... Uh, uh, down at the, the Civic Center. We had a lot of that. I mean, we were all over. And um, uh, Channel Side Drive, I'm trying to think some of the big accounts, the malls. And they're going to every one of our accounts. So my employees are thinking, all right, maybe we should leave and we're going to make more money. But some of the kids obviously are loyal and they come in and they're telling me the story. And I said to Terry, hold on, hold on. Slow down. Let me, let me think about what they're doing. I says, do not call his number on here. I says, let me see if they're going to other companies besides ours. That was the first instinct I had. I says, and, you know, they brought me the cards, and the cards were made very cheaply. So that was the first thing. So they weren't made very well. And then they're going to just our lots, I find out, you know, after a week or 10 days of investigating and seeing, and I'm calling some of the companies that I'm friendly with, I'm calling to see if they're going to their companies, and they're not. They're only targeting our company. So that was kind of a telltale to me to say that I, I don't think it's a, a parking company. It may be agents. So I'm not sure yet. And the next thing I know is some of my valet guys, they're going on a yacht on the weekends. So I says, where'd you guys go? What yacht? Because they're all telling me to, you know, to talk amongst all the kids. And there's probably, I don't know, I got 150 employees maybe, young kids. And they says, oh, you can't believe the yacht we went on. So I said, what kind of yacht? And they says, no, it's <laughs> up and down. It had cooks on it and chefs. And this guy goes with his wife. And uh, he, I says, who's the guy? And he says, Gary something or other and his wife. Uh, I think it was Wendy. I'm not sure. But Gary and Wendy say. say. And Gary and Wendy, we went, on the, you know, we went on their yacht. And it was incredible. It had to be a $10 million yacht and blah, blah, blah. And I go, Really? And what did he tell you? Is why does he, you know, why is he trying to get my valet company? Well, he really doesn't want the valet company. He said that he really wants to work with you, that he's from the Bahamas, he owns clubs in the Bahamas. And he mentions some street guy that supposedly knows me. And he wants to clean money 
through my parking company and and his his nightclubs in the Bahamas. Suppose he owns three of them. So I'm saying you start off trying to take my companies and steal my workers, but now you you want to do business with me. So the valet kids and the, he reaches out to this one guy, uh, Timmy, and Timmy sets up a meeting for me on the causeway. So the causeway in Tampa is on the way to Clearwater Beach or Tampa. It's a nice area. I usually stay on the causeway, and it's right on the water. So there's a restaurant there, and we set it up at the restaurant, and he meets me 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So I tell my partner, let's go there around 12 o'clock. Let's see if this is a setup. So we go there, and we're sitting in a car, and it's like a custom uh, van. And we're watching as he pulls up. And he pulls up either, it was either one or the other. It was a black Lincoln or a black caddy. I don't remember. But the point is, say it was a black caddy. He pulls up with the woman. They go inside. We follow. We sit down. I have a couple of my valet kids introduce me. We're all at the table. Shake his hand. And I start ordering drinks for everybody. And the kids, I tell the kids, you know, you guys can leave. I said, thanks for introducing me. And, you know, they wanted to stay because they really liked the guy. You know, they were all impressed with him. And, you know, he's dressed like that Miami Vice look. And he's a big guy. He's a big, brawly guy. He wasn't a little guy. And the wife was real friendly. And uh, he's like, I don't want to drink. I go, come on, you got to drink. You, you, you own nightclubs. How are you not going to drink? And I'm pushing the drinks. So my partner's looking at me funny. Like, I'm just like, why am I being so nice to this guy? And uh, I just keep giving him drinks. Finally, I accomplished. And he's drinking them. Oh, he's drinking okay. them now. But I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted them to go to the bathroom, one or the other, because I'm trying to separate them. So after a while, he finally gets up to go to the bathroom. And when he gets up to go to the bathroom, I say to her, Wendy, let me ask you a question. Uh, what kind of car do you drive? And say they came in a caddy. She said Lincoln. She said the opposite of the car they came. So that was the first question wrong. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to ask you five questions. I want answers to all five I says, and when he gets up and he and when he comes back, I don't want you to talk to him. And she's like, what? She's like smiling. She thought I was joking. I go, no, I'm dead serious because I think you're a cop. But I says, I'm going to ask you straight out some questions. How long did you meet? How long ago did you just meet? First question. Where did you just meet? Second question. Do you have a dog? Third question. What color is the dog? Fourth question. And what kind of car? And now I tell my partner, get off the table. And he goes, I says, get off the table. So he leaves and he goes by the bar. Now the guy comes back. I says, sit down. He says, excuse me one second. Don't talk. And she's like looking at him. I go, you know what? Can you do me a favor? And she goes, yeah, can you excuse me? I want to talk to your husband by himself. I said, go stand with my partner. So she looks at him and he goes, go ahead, go with him. He doesn't know what's going on. So I said, what kind of car did you come with? He said the opposite of her first. Do you have a dog? No, she lied. How long ago did you meet her? He said five years. She said seven or ten years. Every question wrong. They didn't get one question right. So I said to him, I said, one second. I called him back over. I said, so now I know for sure you're an agent. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? And he starts to get like a little, like, you know, like he's getting testy. I said, unless you don't know where you met your wife, and maybe he's living in different houses because she said you got a dog. You told me you don't have a dog. You're both driving different cars, but you came in the same car. And he goes, wait, wait. And I go, come on, listen. I'm not an idiot. I already knew something was wrong. I says, but I know you're an agent. It ain't going to work. And then finally he says to me, listen, you know, I could be a friend. I don't have to be. I go, I got enough friends. 
<laughs> and he says, yeah, but, you know, maybe you can help me with, you know, what goes on between the Gambino family and, you know, whatever goes on here with the Traficanis and, you know, this and really the Traficanis at this time are kind of inactive. But he asked. You know, there's still a couple people around, but not like it used to be. So I said, no, I'm not interested. And he goes, you know, I know you're making a lot of money, and that doesn't have to stop if you help me. And he's pushing the agenda. And I says, I can't even believe. Now I start. I says, I can't even believe you didn't get one question together right. Like, how do you not get one, like, arranged and have it prearranged? You know, so... Now we'll fast forward and I shake his hand. I said, see you later. I don't want to be bothered. I says, but it was a good try. And he starts walking out and he says to me, can I ask you how you knew? I says, yeah, I, I tell you one of the easiest ways. You're driving, a, you're coming here with a yacht. You're meeting all my valet guys and you got a card that is like garbage. You know, they're not even professionally done. So if you want to look like a big shot, you should have made your cards look like a big shot. And second, you should have started going to other valet companies besides mine. There's your two mistakes. I says, because I went to the other valet companies to see if that you were just doing this to my accounts or to everybody's accounts. So that told me what you were trying to do. And he goes, yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Fast forward now when I go to jail and I'm in Brazil and I get extradited back. And... Uh, Gotti's cooperating and his whole team of guys, Mikey Scars and all these guys are already in. They're all cooperating with the feds and I'm getting all the paperwork. And I'm sitting and my lawyer says to me, there's another guy coming here to see you. He said, you hire uh, another attorney besides me. I go, everybody hired you know. He goes, well, there's somebody else. And it happened to be the prosecutor from McCormick from Lauderdale. Actually, he was a nice guy. And uh, he says to my lawyer, you know, can we talk? And my lawyer says, well, if I'm sitting here, he says, what do you want? Did you come here? He goes, no, I didn't come here for John. I came here for somebody else, but I just want to ask him one question. So he says, yeah, God, ask him. So he, he loves baseball. So he knew I played baseball at the University of Tampa. He starts asking me about baseball. And he goes, I just got to ask you one question. How did you know that we had that sting that we were agents? And then I reiterated what I, I guess the agent never told him. And he started wow. to laugh. He goes, oh, that's pretty good. And then I always say what I always say. I go, I just look stupid. I'm not that dumb. And uh, he says, all right, I was just curious how you, how you were on to us so quick. And, you know, and I said, the cards were garbage, and they never handed them to anybody else. So there, there's your answer for your next guy to try it with. So how old were you at that time? Oh, I just came back. Uh, when they did this thing, that was in the 90s. So I was probably 30-something uh, years old. And did they ever end up getting other people that that guy, uh, the undercover cop, did he ever end up getting anyone else that you were involved with there? Well, he got these guys all testified against me. The Accardis okay. were the Traficani's cousins. They all testified against me. Actually, they were around a guy named Joe Acuro, who was a captain. He was friendly with the Traficani's around uh, Junior Gotti at one time. And uh, Junior told him, tell them it's okay, they could testify against me. So he was giving permission to these guys to testify against me. And then later on, Timmy Donovan, one of my old partners, testifies for Junior, and Junior said it's okay to testify against me. So he's given all these guys permission to, you know, to pile on against me. So Now I'm also curious, was there ever a, something that a, an undercover cop did that you found particularly clever, like maybe the most clever thing that... Uh, an agent ever did that you're like, fuck, they got me. Or maybe it was a smaller thing. 
I think, you know, over the years we had different agents that, you know, came. But I think, like, the guy that I went to see in the White Horse, he actually was getting high with them. Yeah. You know, so people think they don't get high. I don't know what that regulation is. I mean, I guess if, if they say, did you, he'll lie and say, no, I didn't. Right. Maybe he really liked coke and he, and he did coke. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? But, you know, he was drinking and hanging out and he was bringing broads, you know, different real broads. Oh, wow. And I don't know if he's telling them that he's on a sting or if he's just taking them on a uh, date and really just bringing them wow. because they're regular broads. So they're good actors. Yeah, yeah, they, you know, the guy was pretty good because he, he, I mean, the kids are young, so they're naive. Right. They see $10 million yacht or whatever it was. Right. I wasn't on the yacht. Maybe it was five. Maybe it was two, but they're, they're young kids, so they're impressed. And uh, the biggest mistake they had was really, they, they, what I said, they gave shitty cards. They should have made really nice cards. And they should have went after a couple of companies. And then I could have bought it a little more. Then I would have made, I was still checked, but I would have been a little more, you know, leery of they were cops i just really thought they were agents right off the get what it sounds like to me also is for you what you're looking for is consistencies it's just like whether it's whether it's in that first story for the sting story for people who watch that episode if you haven't go check that out um you know the guy who's buying you know 10 grams and then he wants more whatever it is for you the red flags come when there's something you know well, different. Beca no? because greed usually brings the, the the and when you get popped it's usually because guys are greedy my friend, here's another real quick one. My friend Guy Peden at the time was one of my biggest movers at, at the uh, pool hall in 102nd Jägermeisters. Right. He goes down to Atlantic City, and he's into Harris. We all hang out, and he tells me he's going to come down here, and he's doing business with a guy with pot. The guy asked him four kilos. He asks me, can I give the guy the four kilos? I said, absolutely not. See, the greed is what gets him. Now, mm. I already have an established business. I don't need to do business with outsiders. Right. So to do business with outsiders is a red flag to me. But when he asks for four keys, not one, not a half a key, when he's trying to buy him up to four, I tell him don't do business right. with him. He does it anyway behind my back. He ends up getting pinched, and I was supposed to be in Atlantic City for that pinch at the Harris. They come in with 25 agents. They grab everybody. They think they grab me. They grab a guy that looks like me, and actually I have nothing to do with this buy. And the guy, after he takes the four keys, sets up Guy Peden and starts making him threaten him on a payphone, and it was the phone was wired up with mm -hmm. them with the feds, and he's threatening him with me, even though I don't have no knowledge of the buy. I I tell him don't do the buy. Mm -hmm. So when they pinch him, he becomes an informant also, for years, he's uh, an informant for the for the government. He starts giving them information, but it was a big thing. It was all over TV because it was all over obviously the casinos. Do you think that one of the big mistakes of the feds was maybe going for something too big, right? Like whether it's the four keys or whether it's the guy in Florida with the yacht that's too flamboyant. Do you think that also played into the red flag for you? Well, I, I think it plays into, you know, for me is, again, I'm not greedy because I'm very successful already. I don't need no outsiders. But the thing with the feds are, or any sting operation, they don't have the time to waste on, on, right. on a case like this. They're not gonna lay out all this money with an agent out day and night unless he's making progress. Right, right. So you're cutting their progress once you're refusing that. So if he was hanging around for a year, right, if they're gonna have the, the funds and time, okay. then maybe you can buy into it. But if there's a guy coming in right away and he's trying to make a big buy right off the bat, right. unless he's somebody we really know and they use him as an informant to do the buying and then he brings an agent with him and says it's my cousin or this, that would be more of a way he could entrap me. But the way they tried to entrap me was never going to work. I had a ton of money. I had an organization already. So I was already in place. I didn't need to sell another four keys. 
where was it going to get me? You know, another six, five. If I make good money on a key, I used to make four or five thousand a key. Say I can double it. I make forty thousand. What the hell is forty thousand to me? Right. I'm moving a hundred keys anyway a month. I'm moving pieces. I'm moving this. I don't need to sell those four keys. Well, especially if it's going to put your business in danger. Well, it's going to put your life in danger. And your life. <laughs> <laughs> and and the problem is these guys are greedy and right. they did it behind my back. Yeah. Well, always fascinating. I love that story. Um, I'm sure that we'll have. I don't know. You have any other sting stories for the people out there? We could. Tell, I've got yeah, hundreds. Gonna, I mean, uh, <laughs> future as far episodes. as st- stings, or, or you're talking about Set violence? And, yeah. Well, we'll go. We'll go. <laughs> There's lots of violence uh, uh, that we could talk about in other episodes. But um, I'm curious if you know, in future episodes, we talk about. Um, I don't know. You know, just more interactions with the feds because I always think that those are are fascinating, especially when they... Well, yeah, another story. Buddy Maiola was a guy that stayed with me. I gave him uh, about 300000 at the time to put on the street. This is, again, this is probably uh, the early 90s. So I gave him about 300000 One, I give to uh, a guy that has a scaffolding business, nice guy, Jewish guy, 75000 goes to him, and he puts it down for his, you know, to get insurance on the jobs. So... And he's going to give me a paycheck every every week, which he gives me, uh, I think it was, those days it was about $1,000 a week. And he puts it in a pay for a guy. I gave him a guy's name. He says, put it in this guy's name, give him a paycheck. So he gives him a, a 1000 a week. It was one of the guys I was taking care of. I forget which guy. And he gives him 1000 And then he's given me a percentage of mm. the job. So 3%, say, of the job. Now, he's giving me the money every week. And the guy, Buddy is not giving me the money. Mm-hmm. And he pays back the loan and he keeps it. Then I give him all the money where I give, I charge him one point, he's charging people three and four points. He gets into some gambling debt. He, he's friends with another guy. They both steal the money and they're blaming, well, he's blaming another guy. I don't know if he stole the money, but he said he did. And uh, I ask him for the money. Now he's got a house in Sea Isle City, a three level house, and they're broke, right? The family now. I says, well, sign over the house. And he refuses to sign over the house. And I said, this ain't a debate. So he's cousins to one of my friends. The mother leaves the house. And when she leaves the house, she's not supposed to come back. Mm. He's in the kitchen. I put plastic down. His cousin's in the other room. I'm about to shoot him in the head. And his aunt walks in the door, screaming. Now, I know the aunt since I'm a baby. And she just flipped. John, please, please, John. She was screaming, don't kill him. And I seen him and I said, you lucky motherfucker. I says, I was going to hit him in the kitchen. And then my friend looks at me and he's like, John, because he didn't know what I was going to do. I said, just get him there. So truthfully, he was kind of innocent, you know, because I think the cousin always thought he set him up. He didn't think I'd kill him. Maybe he thought I was going to punch him or something. Anyway, I go after him after that. He lives in Ozone Park. I go to his house and I kick his door in. He's running up the stairs and he takes a shot or two at me with a 25 because he's scared to death. He's not a tough guy. Yeah. Scared to death, he's trying to shoot me when he's running. I'm running up the stairs like, you know, I don't, I'm not even caring about the two shots. And his brother calls the police. So the police all surround the house. I go two blocks away, kind of like what I do with my cousin. And I call and the sergeant picks up the phone. And I tell him, listen, go fuck yourself. I says, I'm going to, you know, this is a different era. So people got to understand. <laughs> and, and I tell the sergeant, when you leave, I'll beat the fuck. You know, and I'm starting, the sergeant's like, are you out of your mind? I'm a cop. I don't give a fuck who you are. I says, I'm going to get him. And, you know, so he tells him it's me. I make those statements and he won't press charges. And he goes to a family member of mine and we all sit down so he can, 
make a deal and pay half of the money in payments. And I shouldn't have took the deal, but uh, I did. And uh, no hard feelings these days anymore. It's a, it's a different era for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I knew his whole family. I knew his wow. Actually, his son just passed away a couple of years back, unfortunately, and I got condolences condoles to them and the family, actually. And, I, you know, I, well, this is all let go from the past, but it was what it was back then. Fascinating. Well, uh, thank you for that story. And uh, another quick reminder, like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done so, the Patreon, go check that out. Link is in the description of this video. And, um, John, anything else for the people out there? Uh, just my website, johnelite.com, and uh, True John Elite Instagram. And my new book will be out within a month. I keep saying that, but it's coming out very shortly. Lou Romano is the author. Thank you, everybody. And uh, you can find me at Felix.Levine on Instagram if you want to purchase a custom-signed bat by John A. Light. We shipped out our first batch recently. Uh, They're quite popular, so if you would like one of those, get in touch with me at Felix.Levine on Instagram. If you would like a discount on them, we're offering discounts to everyone who subscribes to our Patreon channel. So if you are a subscriber of the Patreon, go get your discount and go get your bat. Just uh, hit me up on Instagram at Felix.Levine. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys.